0: well let's see what we can do here um yeah welcome uh to uh uh you know the continuing adventures of uh Crystal and camilo a k a uh whip wop galore uh we got a, we got we got a guest today um as we often do uh, he is a uh he's the professional uh d j coming out of philly um you know, he's done a lot of uh great things and you know he's a, he he uh still, you still do you still do eavesdrop over in uh philly with uh with yep. junior yeah just yep. uh and um yeah yeah' I'll just Oh uh, y'all recently just yeah y'all recently just uh, celebrate the uh, 600 episode.
1: Yeah. Well, it's actually more than 600, but technically 600. Okay. It's uh,
0: the podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, yeah, you've uh yeah, you you play all around, uh you've uh, you recently went to Sundance. Well, you recently had a film play at Sundance and uh, yeah. we'll talk about that. Well, basically uh little Dave, uh welcome to this thing that we do up here. So- Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so you're in Philly right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just, let's just get into it. Uh, just, uh, well, you know, let's get into the origin story of, uh, little Dave, uh, just where, where the DJ and star for you.
1: Um, I mean, I guess like back in high school, I kind of just got real heavy into music. I mean, like most teenagers do started collecting a lot of hip hop, a lot of R and B. There was one experience. I went to the black expo. I I was living in Houston, Texas for a couple of years and they had the black expo that was going on. And um, I went down there and I just had like transformative experience. Number one, I met one of my favorite rap groups, Black Moon, mm-hmm. at the time. So I met Evil D and Buckshot. Uh, got an autograph, got like the you know little picture and everything. And you know, I, I kind of realized they were almost, you know, they weren't much older than me. So that that kind of gave me this like confidence, like, hey, they, you know, these guys are almost my age. They're out here doing it. They're already, you know making moves in hip hop and I was like maybe, maybe I maybe I kinda want to get into that. And then also that day I went by there was a booth that was a record store and they were just giving out records. And I got some like really great records from there. Some some um it was uh Jungle Brothers um uh, there was like an Alternate House Record and a couple other I can't remember what the other ones were but uh, oh yeah Food front another hip hop group. And um, yeah, I like, I took them home, started playing with the records and I was just like, okay, I gotta get more records now. And then, you know, that kind of compounded into starting to collect a lot more hip hop music and just wanting to DJ. I started making little mixtapes. Midway through high school, I moved back up to the Philly area. I was actually in, it was in Jersey actually. And um, started making mixtapes for friends at school. And um, trying to make beats on the, um, you know, the pause tape beats, like where you take a a tape and you kind of like play a little bit, pause it, rec- like start it over again, mm. record a little bit, you know, and you, you just make a, keep making a loop. And I found ways to like layer the beats and everything. So I, you know, that was that was like the origin of me making music. Um, and you know, as I moved into college. Then you know my interest in DJing kicked off even further. So like when um, so I went to Drexel University, and when I um, when I was first checking out the school, one of the things that caught my attention was the radio station. I tur- I happened to just turn it on like while I was you know checking out the campus that day, and um, I remember the DJ was Al Knight, who's still on the station. And he has a jazz show. He was playing Roy Ayers, My Life in the Sunshine. And it was like, all right, this is it. This is what I need to do. And as soon as I started school, I, you know, made sure to join the radio station. Um, I started the radio station like October that school year. And they pretty much gave me a show right from the start. Weekly, I think it was Friday nights. And you know, I just started a hip hop show. I took my record collection, and I would go down there, and that's where I really, you know, kind of learned to the basics of DJing because I didn't have two turntables of of my own at the at that time. So it was like, go to the station; they had the, the setup, and I would learn how to mix and blend on the air live. And um, and then I, you know, as time went on, I met more other DJs and and started you Know learning more and building more skills, and, and it just blossomed into where I am now, pretty much. And so, I mean, that's the origin, at least.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, when did uh, when did uh, G- uh, G- Junior get in the picture for eavesdrop?
1: Um, uh, it was a little further down the line, so I was on the on WKDU for a while doing my own shows, Download Mix Show, and Then um, I did have another radio partner, uh, Mama with the Drama, for a little while. And we started a second show. She would like help me on my show, but then we started a second show, which was um, cool like that. And that was a little bit more, that was Neo Soul, like right before they started calling things Neo Soul. We were just, I just had all these soul records, like newer soul R&B that were kind of different than the typical R&B. And I was just like, oh, we got to play all these on the air and and that became that show um and then we kind of parted ways after a couple years and junior started at the station um something happened and there was like a mistake on the schedule or just something stupid and we didn't have a show for a semester neither me or him had a show for a semester so you know when the next semester came and, and and we were about to start back we were like yo let's join forces And you know, make this a bigger thing. And you know, he already was calling the show "Eavesdrop," so I we just kept that name and moved forward. And and next thing you know, we're doing "Eavesdrop Radio" every week for years, having all sorts of amazing guests, and it just became uh you know a big part of my life. And it's been, I guess, about twenty years now. I'm trying to think. No, no, it's a little bit under twenty years, but almost twenty years. And then I've been on the station altogether over twenty five years. So
0: mm-hmm. Well, just you know, that's one of the uh things I, I I found out uh I you know, I was on this um uh, you know, uh alt- alternative music in terms of uh R B and hip hop and I was looking uh for shows radio shows around the country even outside the country to listen to and this was back in the days of uh you know just uh listening through uh listening on the internet through you know live uh uh feeds uh through the um you know through the through the internet and uh you know i was i was looking through for many shows and and i i, I I stumbled. I, I I'm still trying to figure out how I stumbled upon eavesdrop, man. Because I was also writing um, at the time for uh, for uh, an alt weekly in Philly uh, over there, and just like I just was looking for stuff, and I just started you know, listening to you guys, and um, just had y'all come to the uh, to what would be the music that you would play on eavesdrop because it is very uh progressive B, aggressive hip-hop and just like where did it you know where where you guys decide to do high, that that type of music for the for the show
1: um i mean i think it's just what we were into you know and it, it was just kind of a mixture thing we knew we didn't want to be the mainstream you know we we, we like some of that stuff but it's just like you know we wanted to give people something else. And then also the station itself kind of pushes DJs to do, you know, alternative music. I mean, they were real heavy on punk back then. I mean, it's a little different now, but you know, they don't they don't want us playing, you know, too much commercial stuff anyway, but we 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 were already in that headspace and that was already the music that we were collecting and just into um you know, we knew some of the artists and we would reach out to different artists. They came to the show. I mean, we've had Jazzanova, we've had, um, I, I had, uh, we had DJ Spinner, we had, actually had John Legend and, and, um, and uh, Jill Scott like back when they were starting on, on my earlier version of my show. Um, and just all sorts of people. Like it's, it, it was just the music we were into. And, and, and I think there is kind of like this we want to find the the future like that's kind of our motto the future sounds and soul so like the whatever's new whatever's cutting edge but then also you know we have a big respect for the music of the past so you'll catch a lot of jazz fusion and you know old school brazilian music and afrobeat and things like that on the show it's it i mean it all makes sense together at least in our minds you know and that's that's yeah that's it
0: and uh just uh you know you've been uh, well I guess we should get into uh you know what uh we're recently going on with you, because um, uh one of the reasons why why you have know, the show is cause uh you uh was uh recently put in the uh there was an announcement that you were going Gump B the Sundance Film Festival where mm-hmm. uh you were you scored a short that were playing there. Yeah. Um like was it uh I, I believe it uh or Eureka, Yeah, that? Eureka. Yeah, Eureka. Eureka. Yeah, and so um this let's just talk about that, like how did that whole thing come about? So
1: So um I work a lot with Black Star Film Festival and you know, last year they had me on as um their first music and cinema fellow um and you know I did a lot of music related things along for them throughout that year, and um you know, like I helped with their podcast many lumens um I made music for different promos and like the bumpers at the beginning of the at the at the beginning of the um films that play in the festival and like the the main trailer for the festival. Um, But then one of the big thing was they also started this filmmaker lab. So it was, it's all Philadelphia, Philadelphia based filmmakers. Um, and they picked four of them and they funded the whole process of them making a short film. Mm. So they created four short films. Um, they had me on hand to help out with music. I ended up doing music for three of the films. Two of them I scored completely. Um, one, I just, I mean, I did enough music to score that one, but I, I we only used like a, a little bit of it because there were other music coming from other places. And then the one that I didn't score, it was it was already, there's like people singing in it and things like that. So that's like the main source of music. So they didn't need any additional score. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the films was Orica, um, directed by Xenia Matthews. And that one, you know, it's been, it's like kind of a, it's like a sci-fi, but based on some historic context. So uh, it's kind of hard to explain the whole, the whole history behind it, but basically there is a real person named Orika. She was, um, I believe Haitian, or or maybe she was Senegalese actually, but uh, she was picked up by this white family, taken from her home, went to live with his family in France. And, um, you know, she was kind of like, you know, she wasn't necessarily a slave. She was more like a a pet, like a, I I don't know how to describe it, but she, you know, they they had her, she died young, about 16. And, um, you know, life went on. Years later, uh, uh, an author in France wrote a book about her, but it wasn't like, it was like a, a storybook basically basically fiction speculative fiction kind of thing and it kind of made it seem like the reason she died is because of self self-hatred you know she hated her black skin and that's why she she died from this self-hatred and um what was it it became that that book became very popular at that time i think this was probably like the 1700s 1800s and um there was kind of a thing, um, a lot of people that study this refer to as eureka Mania. You know, they made dolls, they made art, they made all sorts of stuff celebrating this story, you know, basically commodifying this, this young lady that died. And um this movie is based off of that, but it's supposed to be where Eureka there's there's two scientists who are trying to bring Aureka back to life in the present time and they're going and finding you know the the statues and art and stuff that was made off of her and trying to basically extract her soul out of that and bring her back to life somehow and so you see that part of of the story going on and then you also see Eureka in like a, a limbo space and she's you know dealing with how people viewed her versus who she really is and and things like that and um and you kind of just see her going through her process while the scientists are going through their process and then eventually you know they bring her back to life so you know it's a sci-fi but it's based off of real events and um
0: yeah was that the question (laughs) yeah that was you gave me a lot wait a minute let me let me get Camilo back in here I'm uh, just uh um, apparently he's on uh two different uh things going on. I mean what's what's happening here Camilo?
2: And uh Hey what's... They came back on. You back. Well, you you canceled the whole thing. Oh, you just had to, I was just trying to get back in. No.
0: No. no. Oh, we, oh, we're still
2: I'll record, I don't recording know what's important
0: not always. Okay, I got four know.
2: people in there. Yeah, I been here twice. That's weird. yeah,
0: you're yeah, you're in there twice. Right? I don't, I don't know. know,
2: man. I don't know what that is. That's some weird internet shit. Okay. <laughs> hey, I, um, I didn't hear the. I did the end of that. But let me ask you a few, a few questions. I'm sorry if you were in the middle of
0: something. No, 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 no dude, go a, all, all right, bet.
2: I want to know if you could take it back, not because you got the bullet points, the major things. Um, and I want to know if you could take it back to uh to being in Houston. And um, and I'm really curious, because I'm from, I'm from New Jersey. I'm from mm-hmm. the east, eastern, eastern side of the state. So Philly is always a big trek. But I've been out there a few times. I really enjoy that city. But um, from your perspective, I feel like Houston and Philly kind of have a kinship in a sense. But um, what's sort of your uh, your take on um, on Houston as a, you know, a cultural city and Philly as a cultural city? Um, what's sort of your, your take on that? On I those mean, two? I'll
1: be honest, I, I was in high school, I didn't drive. Houston is just spread out and it's kind of hard to to get anywhere. So I didn't get the full experience, but um uh you know, we like as a family, we rode around a lot, we went to a lot of like events and stuff, and there's definitely a lot of culture and um interesting things going on there, definitely um you know very unique population, and I think even in recent years it's it's gotten even more unique. It's like a bigger immigrant population from you know like overseas a lot of african um vietnamese and and things like that um but i mean yeah it's I think because it's spread out, there's so much culture happening in little pockets, and you know if you're able to get around you're you're able to spread that culture but it's definitely more um at least at the time it was more its own world you know what i mean like musically yeah we listened to whatever everything else that was happening but it was kind of like houston just had its own own sound and and style because of it, I, it just, I, I think it's just just was like in its own pocket but at the same time, like the radio and things there, they would play, they were playing, like one of the biggest songs was a reggae song, which you wouldn't expect in Houston. Um, no, 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 No was huge. Like you you couldn't not hear it on the radio like every half hour. Um, players Ball was big. Um, and, you know, I would find like the different um, college stations out there and and listen to stuff. Like actually radio was like a huge part of my whole existence in in Houston like listening to the mixed shows and and all of that just kind of had a heavy influence on me and then you know I would go to so like I said the Black Expo that was something that was traveling around I don't think that goes on anymore but it used to travel around the different cities I don't know if it ever went to Philly but um and then um there was like lots of different events that just would go on like flea markets and swap meets and um even the rodeo that you know the rodeo they would have you know every year they do like the the houston rodeo at the astrodome and it's like a huge thing but they would have like different nights for different types of crowds so they would always have like the black night <laughs> where uh it would be like frankie beverly and Maze and stuff performing i think the year i went was the same year um you know that performance from Sh- not shakira uh what's her name um oh my god Selena, Selena, why, why am I thinking she? Cares? Selena, the the time she performed at performed at the Astrodome, the one, the video that you always see where she's like got the blue outfit, that was that same year, probably like the night before I went. Yeah. it it was it was, it was an interesting place, you know. It was definitely a culture shock from from Philly, from Jersey, but um, yeah.
2: And you, I don't know. And you, uh, what's your favorite Black Moon songs,
1: including the uh, remixes? Oh man. Uh, what's the one? Uh, Buck 'em Down, the remix for sure. Oh, man. I mean, I kind of just liked all like all the first album, like the single versions, not necessarily the album versions, because the single versions were just better. You know?
2: I've been listening to that a lot. It's funny you mentioned it. I've been listening to the uh, remix, uh, uh, Reality. It was on a remix album. Oh, yeah. yeah
1: I remember that one.
2: That one goes super hard. Yeah, i want got to go back to that. <laughs> Yeah, that one goes super far. Um, and then and then you uh you mentioned Black Star and mm-hmm. uh and I went to Black Star for the first time, maybe two years ago, two or three years ago. And uh and I fucked with Black Star, man. Black Star is you go there and it's like you really I felt like I was really around my people, man. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's just a collection of just people who are so into film and and um and the whole filmmaking process and, and media in general and writing mm-hmm. and um can you talk a little bit more about that, like just just the the you know what Black Star brings to the table in terms of uh, you know film and, and people of color involved in, in making independent films?
1: Sure, um, yeah. So just to summarize, what Black Star is like, uh, it's a film festival that happens every year in Philadelphia. Um, I think it's at its eleventh year. I might. It's definitely been about a decade. Um, they bring uh black indigenous people of color filmmakers from all over the world they get they get their films they narrow it down to you know a handful and there's like a week about well maybe about five days worth of screenings um happens in West Philly in the university city area, usually around University of Penn's campus sometimes spread out um all the films really amazing stuff like some stuff there there are things that i've seen there that that have gone on and become you know huge movies in the box office um a lot of great documentaries things like uh was it hunk for jesus that that just dropped last year that was the original version of that was there and then they went and got a bigger budget and remade it into a full-length feature it was just a short film like 20 minutes before um there was um uh, trying to think the uh man it's so much stuff <laughs> uh man it's just so many movies but uh oh oh actually um terrence nance's um sorry my mind is going blank <laughs> the
0: hbo tv show he has uh, Random Acts of Flyness. Random Acts
1: of Flyness, yes. That debuted there like right before it actually hit the TV. So they had a, you know, live in person thing there. And people like Terrence Nance, Ava DuVernay, all of them, you know, all of their early work was featured in Blackstar. And then as, you know, as they went on, they, you know, they still came back and supported Black Star throughout the years. Um, it's, it's becoming a staple of, um, people refer to it as the Black Sundance. After going to Sundance, I don't, I don't know if I feel like Sundance is, I, I, we can get into that later. but I, I feel Black Star is a wonderful experience, though. It's like, it's, it's, it's really well put together and really great community of people from all over the world that come there every year religiously. And um, yeah, it's, it's just
0: awesome. <laughs> well, let's get into the Sundance stuff now because, like, I want to know what was, what, what was it like uh, going down there. It was very cold. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, for people that don't know, Sundance takes place in Park City, Utah, right next to Salt Lake City. It's up in the mountains. It's snowing. Despite, despite being called Sundance, it's freezing cold and snowing. And, um, but, it, yeah, it's an awesome experience. It's kind of like you go to this little tiny ski town, and you know most of the people that are actually in the movie industry are there walking around, crowding the streets. Um, I mean, there's a bazillion famous actors and things walking around. I have terrible facial recognition, so I only recognize like a handful. But I mean, they're, you're just surrounded by everybody and and even if somebody you don't know who they are they're probably somebody important because i would see guys like walk around and and it was like oh yeah that's that producer of that that's the director of this you know it's it's just everybody's there and there's a a bazillion movies playing it's impossible to catch like even more than 10 percent of what's playing there's a bunch of talks going on um Yeah, it's just a crazy experience. And uh, Orika got picked to screen as part of the short film features. They did six main short film features as well as um, an animated feature and a midnight movie feature, which was like horror and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, we screened in number six. All of the films that were in that collection were really amazing films. Definitely a variety of different styles from comedy to more serious stuff. But um yeah. So it, it was it was an experience. So yeah, to, to actually get to see the film that I worked on play on screen hear the music that I made get play for this audience. It was it was it was something else. <laughs> I don't know. Any more questions about that specifically?
0: Well, I'm just seeing what uh was the experience in terms of just what you wanted to, what kind of music you wanted to put in the short, or like I believe you guys, you and uh, Miss uh worked together, mm-hmm. uh, it, with the uh, with the the score and the sound design, mm-hmm. and just seeing what was uh, you know, what was that experience like?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Working with her was amazing because she, she had a very definitive idea of what she she wanted she she's an interesting character she's like um bright colors and glitter like that's that's her whole personality she wears bright clothes she's got like crazy makeup on um literally glitter everywhere the script when we got the script it's like purple <laughs> with these bright color letters and yeah it was so that's her personality And she really knew what she wanted with the music she gave me like um, a list of each scene and kind of like musical examples. um, Like real obscure things like um, some obscure disco songs, even some like more well known stuff like Donna Summer and things like that, that she wanted referenced for certain moments and then like. you know like really weird like 70s synth music like mort garrison and um it's the guy there's a japanese synth composer she she pulled all that stuff and 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 i mean when i saw that i was like real excited because it was like oh i don't have to you know dumb it down i don't have to be you know a certain way i can i can really experiment and expand and and try new things you know like i guess. I come from like making hip hop beats and and house beats and stuff like that. And it's you kind of have to sit in a certain framework. But when you're scoring for a film, it's like, oh, man, you can stretch out. And, you know, you don't have to sit into like a certain time signature. You don't have to have a certain pace or BPM. You know, you can kind of jump around. You can kind of you, you do what the only thing you're in service to is what's happening on the screen, you know and and what the director wants but it's it's really more everybody's trying to do what makes the um the visual on the screen what what enhances the visuals on the screen so you kind of have to play into that but i mean it's it's really a lot of freedom and a lot of fun so
0: yeah <laughs> i'm i'm assuming this makes you want to uh, delve into uh film composing even more definitely yeah i'm like
1: feening for my next uh, <laughs> next opportunity cuz it, it it was it was a lot of fun and um yeah i want to see where i can go with it cuz it's definitely a whole world out there
0: yeah cuz i mean you wouldn't be the you know the first uh really dj you know do i know i know king Britt has done some composing in the past and uh just it would be it would be great to see more uh philly based um slash producers doing uh movie composing just are there any film composers that uh, uh you know inspire that inspire you that uh, to make you want to uh, uh, go into that stuff you, you know just any, any film composers you look at as as a you know person in music this, that you look up to?
1: I mean, I feel like I've been learning more and more about that. For a minute, I, I didn't think that world was that big. And and I think when I got my mind set on going in this direction, um, you know, I started digging into it more. There's actually a composer magazine um, that Spitfire Audio puts out. It's, it's digital. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like all these different podcasts and stuff. So I've just been finding new people. I mean, I really like uh, Michael Abels that did all of the um all of the um you know, us and uh, get out and things mm-hmm. like that. Um but I I think I'm more interested in the slightly non-traditional thing, people like um I like I like Natalie Holt that did uh the um Loki series. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, I, I mean I definitely like more of the electronic stuff anybody that's using synths maybe mixed with live instruments and things like that um there's there's honestly so many people i I can't even i i started a whole playlist on spotify of just film scores i like and people that i'm interested in and i see like a lot of artists that i listen to like raphael sadiq is doing film scoring Mm -hmm. uh adrian young and ali shaheed muhammad they've done a lot of stuff like luke cage and and they're doing uh what's it, the new show Reasonable Doubt. Um man, so many people. Trent Reznor. <laughs> yeah, Trent Reznor, yeah, yeah. And Atticus um, Ross. Yeah.
2: I was thinking also about um what's the name of the the, the trans man um who did Tron? Um Oh Wendy, Wendy Car- Carl no no, sorry, no that's not Tron,
1: that's uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Wendy Carlos. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. think
2: Tron was Trans woman, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: I'm trying to remember who Tron
2: was. Um, well, are we yeah. talking about? Are we talking
0: about the the, the original Tron or, or the, the the original Tron? Tron. Yeah, not uh,
2: Daft Punk Tron. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I kind of like and that one too. Though that, that was a that cool. one is dope. That one is yeah. dope. That, I, I rocked that. I rocked that one for a little bit. Another one I like is um, what's his name? Um, Mr. Oizo. He does. Uh, he oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did which one? Oh, the uh, tire thing. Car. Yeah,
1: yeah, the tire. Yeah, he directed that too. And then he did, um, Yeah, it was another movie he did. I'm trying to remember what it's called. But yeah, yeah, he's got crazy stuff. I yeah. mean, there's so many ways, like with, with scoring, there's so many directions you can go. You don't have to yeah. stick to the rules or like, you know, music theory necessarily. You can You can break all of those rules, honestly. As long as you're communicating the feeling that you're trying to get across, it's... There's a lot of ways you can go. so I, I think you're going to see more and more composers from different styles of music jumping in. I mean, Trent Reznor doing Soul, <laughs> a Disney movie. Like, how, who would have thought that would happen? But there it is. And it worked.
2: Yeah. I got about that, yeah. Well, what's your music education? Uh, what's your background in, in learning about music and making it?
1: I mean, I took violin when I was like four or five. <laughs> um, I took piano lessons in high school, but I hated it, probably didn't pay attention. But um, I think, like, there's a lot of self taught stuff, especially over the past maybe 10, 10 or so years, Um, just teaching myself uh, making beats on different, I mean, Fruity Loops, Ableton, I I got an MPC, um, OP1, like all those different tools, Um, teaching myself piano and just trying to learn. So like there's beats that I made years ago where I'm playing everything on piano and I really didn't have a clue about music theory. And I go back and listen to those and I'm listening and they're all in key because I kind of came up with a certain method to keep all the music in, you know, where it made sense, you know, like if I'm playing certain notes for the keys, I'll play certain notes for the bass. And then, and now that I understand music theory a lot better it's like oh this makes sense this is this is why this works so i you know i'm just i'm just constantly learning more um youtube university is amazing for anything you want to learn and um yeah just just keep going
2: yeah well well, i just want to ask you quick about you had talked about um about house music mm -hmm. and so the difference between um the so-called Jersey house music and the house music that they play in Philly—is there a difference?
1: Um,
2: uh, I mean,
1: that's that's kind of a broad question because so there's there's Jersey club music, which is like pretty similar to Baltimore club music, or house music, or whatever. But then there's also like this kind of deep soul soulful house. I know there's a big scene for it in Jersey. There's a scene for it in Philly. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to. It depends on the DJs really like everybody plays different stuff like I know some people play more like instrumental some people play more vocals. It it really depends and there's different scenes based on certain sounds, so I mean I don't know if it's totally. uh, A location specific thing but. You know, I think you can find certain people that like certain sounds in certain areas, but those sounds are all over that makes
0: sense <laughs> yeah. well just yes, i wanted to talk real briefly about uh the podcast you did uh back in uh, a few years ago called uh excellent reception yeah which was uh you know it it was it was out there and it and it and it you know a lot of people took notice of it and just wanted to see you know because it was you know a lot about music of course and uh certain you know episodes of certain types of music and and what made you want to do that and and does it like make you want to continue on to doing pod, podcast projects like that
1: yeah so excellent reception that was a podcast i came up with um i knew i just wanted to do a podcast and and i kind of figured that would be something to help me build some other skills like i it helped me, you know, develop my voice. I was already talking on the radio. So, you know, this will help me just develop my speaking voice. Um, it helped me with engineering, like mixing, because I had to mix down each podcast and I have came up with whole templates for how to really streamline how the podcast is put together. Um, and it helped me with, you know, writing, because a lot of that podcast, it wasn't like I was interviewing people, I was telling stories Uh, researching things and and telling stories about certain songs and artists. So I would, you know, sit there and, and just write and write and write and read and research. And, you know, that that was my my reason for doing it just kind of trying to build some certain skills. But also just I had all these stories, I knew about certain songs and certain artists and it was like, oh, I just need to just tell these stories. So I would go and find, you know, certain songs that I knew something about, or I, or if I overheard like an interesting story about how something was made, I would go and try to make a podcast out of it. Um, a lot of the episodes are kind of grouped by a theme or something like that or and it might be certain songs that fit a certain thing like some 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 of the earlier episodes were like things like oh this person makes all the music and sings and does all the stuff themselves so i try to put those type of artists together um i did an episode about bob james and like how you know his song nautilus is one of the most sampled songs in history and just kind of break it i broke down how it was made and how. um you know how different people used it and kind of just went through a ton of songs that sampled it it's also just an excuse for me to play all these great songs for people but you know, like i guess i guess the main purpose of the podcast too is just i want to expose people to music that they may not know but they'll love it once they hear it and give them more context to what it's all about so yeah I mean, there's a lot of crazy episodes. There's one about the song um, Archie Bell and Adrells Tighten Up, where I kind of go into the whole history of that and go into how it was just covered like crazy. People really just trying to like jump on and off of the success of it. And then it just became a huge hit over time. Um, what other episodes? There's an episode about spiritual jazz. There's an episode about... Um, uh, there's a song, in Ho- a Hawaiian song called Lahui, that, you know, it's kind of like a funk soul kind of song and it's popular amongst, you know, record collectors, but most people wouldn't know it. So I did a whole episode about that to kind of expose people to it. And it's actually a pretty popular song. It has a music video and everything, but you know, and, and yeah, that's, that's the podcast. <laughs> um, I kind of stopped doing it once the pandemic hit cause it just, I don't know, it was a lot of work and I just felt like I needed a break. And I'm not sure if I'm gonna start it again, but there's already like 30 plus episodes and they're all pretty heavy. And I feel like they're re-listenable as well. So I don't know if there's a need to do more. I mean, I can, but maybe if I if I bring it back, it'll probably be slightly different format, maybe more interview format or, or something. I, I haven't figured it out yet. Also, thought about putting it into some sort of book or something like that. So,
0: yeah, that's the point. I've been trying to figure out, uh, this whole time, like if if we've met, like, yeah. uh, oh, have we? when was yeah, yeah, yeah. when? Because when, 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 I know I've met, I've at, met um, at a, I've not met a Junior a bunch of times, but just like I trying, I was like, were you with Junior when? I met him, or, this, or was
1: maybe the, once, but yeah. um, I definitely remember you were at uh,
0: uh, what's that place, Sochi?
1: Weren't you at Sochi one time?
0: Is that the like the uh, the the basement place? Within? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, basement. Oh yeah, yeah. They they were serving these weird ass uh, duck hors d'oeuvres, and, oh, and I was. Chatting up this 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 girl and uh, like all the sudden she just said she's celibate and I don't even know what the hell this that whole that that, that was a whole crazy thing <laughs> and but uh but yeah so yeah that I yeah, so I, I was wondering if that was when uh you know you and I finally crossed paths because yeah I I would go, often go on these trips to Philly and every once in a while and just as to, to see the town and um and you know I remember like you know the first time I I wanted to head over to uh you know the the station uh to 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 hang but it was just like I think I was like too tired and I just couldn't make it over there and so uh okay. yeah so but yeah but yeah but as as not just the DJ but like how are you also as as like a performing DJ you know especially as you mentioned the um the pandemic and just going out and doing sets has it how's it how's it been you know post pandemic with you as a, as a DJ doing going I mean, out and doing surprisingly, stuff
1: surprisingly it's been pretty good um i feel like you know, because I, I kind of have, as a DJ, you're kind of, you know, you got to play like the people pleasing music, you know, the more commercial stuff sometimes. And then I kind of just have this whole other world of music that I'm into and that, I, you know, I push. Mm. I, I feel like lately I've pretty much, I mean, pretty much all the time now I, I'm mainly playing, you know, the music that I really love, that I really want to play. I don't really have to dumb it down for people too much. Um, I mean, most of my gigs now are like, I'm bringing vinyl to play funk and solo nights or like, I don't know, just, I, I get to do whatever (laughs) and it's a lot, a lot more fun. And, and, and I've actually had a pretty regular schedule since, um, since things opened back up. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been all right Mm -hmm. and and it's kind of a different world now, but you know, like different different crowd out now. definitely not as much um people my age out there, like way younger crowd, but it's it's a good it's still good right now.
2: That's what I was wondering. What what's what are the grown and sexy spots right now? So-
1: <laughs> uh I don't know if I got all the grown and sexy spots, but I, I play at uh, the W Hotel. That's that's definitely grown and sexy. Um and I, I mean I actually they don't want me playing like Drake and stuff so I play like house and uh afro beats and um you know some soul soulful stuff and people love it and it's fine.
0: But but I'm sure uh drunk people roll up on you all the time and say hey play Drake. Or yeah, it happens from Beyonce. time to time but
1: but um you know I I if I play that stuff, I'm going to play it my way. I'll have my versions, you know, different remixes and things like that, that I think kind of like keeps it in the context of what I want to do or what I'm trying to do. And and it, and it that usually goes over well. So, I mean, I feel like overall uh, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, most of the time people who ask for requests and ask for stupid requests don't realize what's happening. Like if, you know, the place I play at Trestle Inn, it's strictly vinyl, strictly funk soul disco and there's people that and most of the crowd is like in their 20s but and they're fine and they love it but there's always like a few people that have no clue why they're there or or what's going on and i mean you didn't read the sign when you came in that's that's on you that you you're not going to hear what did drake or whatever here <laughs> it's just not happening so i don't know that's on them you know they don't have to be here. <laughs> but everybody else that's here is having a good time, so like, as long as I'm keeping them happy, I'm I'm good.
0: Uh, what's the craziest shit that happened to you as a DJ performing?
1: <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I, I feel like nothing too crazy, maybe, but... I mean, there's always drunk people doing something stupid or, or whatever, but... I I, I mean, I kind of just stay in the booth and And chill out and stay out of trouble. (laughs) But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy overall. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a story. Like if I sit and think about it long enough, there's probably some crazy story. But
0: nothing mind blowing. Well, just uh, well, what have you been working on lately, or like what other stuff you would like to work on soon? Um trying to
1: just put out some original music. I have a lot of fantastic artists, friends, and I just need to make songs with them. Like that's, that's it. You know, they're all here, they're all down. It's just, it's kind of getting to that point where um, I feel like it's easier for me to make music when it's like, oh, I'm remixing something. Or if somebody gives me a task, like, oh, I need you to make music for this. Oh, I'll knock it out. I'll knock out twenty versions of it, but when it's like making music for myself, it's it's a lot harder. So I don't know. I've just got to work through that issue, and maybe I just need to collaborate with somebody or like you know, on like a bigger level. But I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just uh did um this thing at the the Kimmel with uh, Taylor Kelly. Yeah. Who's a. Uh, she was an amazing vocalist i mean i i i just discovered her because she uh uh did that apartment sessions video
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so that yeah that, that was a fun one to watch and just like how how was that that was like a yeah
1: yeah yeah that was great that was last week um mm-hmm. yeah she's she's awesome she did some great cover versions and all like all of her original stuff is awesome and i said to her at the end of the show i was like I need all your music. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to remix something and then we need to make an original song. And
2: she's like, I'm down. So that's hopefully we work all that out soon. So mm-hmm. It really seems like this kind of place where a lot so a lot of the artistic community there are people always looking for places to relocate or or do you feel like there's a lot of like institutional memory where people like stick around and even if they so called make it. They still keep close ties to the city.
1: It's a little bit of both. I, I feel like there's a lot of people in the city. There's a lot of people in the city that people wouldn't know lived here <laughs> for a little while. Like, um, what was it? RJD2 lived here. Um, J-Live. Like a bunch of, you know, hip-hop people. Just a lot of people in general. Uh, supposedly, um, what's her name? Um, uh, Esther Gilberto lives here, or like is in the area. But, you know, it's, it's a mixture of both because it's not it's there's a good art scene here, but it's not the best art scene. Um, You know, as far as like funding and things like that, you know, there's, there's some good video venues and things like that. But it's there's never like the perfect venue. And it's always a little restrictive dealing with some of these people. So I think there's a lot of people that eventually are like all right what i'm doing is good i need to go someplace else so like even people in my own crew i'm in a crew called Il vibe collective a bunch of uh, djs um, a lot of those guys have you know one guy moved to la another guy just moved to new york and they're doing great like i mean they're doing better you know they they hit a wall here so it's like i need to go to a bigger stage and now You know, a lot of the people who are big name people, they are realizing, oh, this person is better than me. This person is fantastic. So, you know, they're giving them a lot of love. I mean, I think for me personally, I I I feel like Philly's a good home base. Um, I can do what I need to do, and then if I need to go someplace else, I'll go visit, (laughs) go for a short time, and come back and and keep this as home base. But um. You know, I mean it's 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 different for everybody,
0: I guess. I do I do miss the when I used to go down there there'd be um you know, record stores that I would hit, like uh one of my favorites uh was uh Sound of Market Street, that one because yeah. that, that's like they had it was all like a building and they all had different floors and stuff and yeah, and I believe that's not around anymore.
1: No, it's like a honey grow now (laughs) and a a co-working space. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the older places closed. There's a lot of new record stores. There's actually a whole lot now. Um and they're really good. Um Brewerytown Beats is probably one of the big ones. Um and they're actually doing a lot for the music scene in the city. They're finding a lot of the older artists, um, you know, from like the doo wop era, fifties, sixties and re-releasing a lot of their music which is great and um a lot of those people are coming back out of obscurity and going and touring so that's awesome um and yeah there's a there's a ton of new record
2: stores around Mm -hmm. but things change
0: yeah (laughs) is is there anything else that we uh should know about with philly because i was just looking on there uh, just to see, just to see about stuff to talk about, and for some reason, uh, the top story is uh Josh Sills of the Eagles,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, went had you know died on some some stuff, Uh-oh. and and I like I don't know if anybody's talking about that much down there, but just I don't know. I mean,
1: Eagles are gonna be the top story until after the Super Bowl. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. And they may yeah. be after. We will see if that happens. But um yeah, I mean I I can't think of anything specific happening. I mean mm-hmm. it's just business as usual for the most part. Yeah. But, um Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say like as far as the scene, there is definitely a great community of younger people that have their heads in the right place and they're doing good things musically um they're rediscovering a lot of really good older music and and you know playing newer music that is on like that soulful kind of path and i I like what's happening there so i mean i I have i have a lot of faith that things are going to be good in the future I'm just curious to see how it all goes, but you know,
0: yeah, I'm I miss writing about the Philly music scene because I there's there's a time I used to have a column, uh, for this uh, Philly paper that they're devoted to, uh, just uh, to black music, and I always love writing about you know just 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 like the stuff between all the Philadelphia International stuff uh you know all the things that came out there gamble and huff tom mm-hmm. bell and linda creed and just ever all the the music that came out there and then you had all these new people especially coming out of uh a touch of jazz dj jazzy jeffs studio i mean a lot of like a lot of producers and a lot of music came out of that whole that whole scene especially in the um, early aughts. so there was always something interesting and something fun coming out of Philly that I just loved talking about on the regular. Just like just just between the history and all the stuff that was happening, uh, at the time, like like Philly always seems to be a great, in my opinion, a great music town to write about and and discover. Definitely,
1: yeah. I mean one thing we have here is um, we have a lot of musicians, a lot of session musicians and mm-hmm. like touring musicians. So there's always this kind of, and, and I, I don't know where they're coming from, but it's just like kind of this constant supply of those. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're in, they're connected with all these other artists around the country. So they're bringing people in, they're heading out. and And I think that's, that's just like a big part of, um, you, you know, like the music coming out of Philly is going to be uh, on a certain level because you have all these musicians there. You have different artists and producers and stuff that are coming up and whatever it is that, what, whatever training ground that's here. So it's, it's always going to be something interesting. And it's, all, it's pretty strong and powerful, you know,
2: mm.
0: that makes sense. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, you've been saying a lot of stuff that makes sense. <laughs> you just like a, you're 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 a swell guy. You're just you're just <laughs> you just know, yeah, just like you 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 still play vinyl stuff. I don't know, just the people. I, I, mean, I don't know like how often you go with the Serato. Oh yeah, and yeah, all Yeah, you know, I know do that as well. You got the laptop going and just you know, with the Serato and just go practice. I mean, you find that. Uh, in, in talking with DJs, and you've been doing this for a while, but the younger cats or whatever—I mean—you find that is, there are those that are more preferable to the the laptop and Serato um unit than the the good old uh two turntables and mixer in a bot in a in a crate full of vinyl.
1: Yeah, I mean the digital stuff is all is is going to be uh, stronger now, just because yeah. it's convenience. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's definitely a nice, there's definitely a scene of vinyl DJs here in Philly. There's a um organ- a group called uh Vinyl Tap Two and Five. They do like a meetup every month, um, mm-hmm. and they do different gigs around the city, and and that group just keeps growing, um, just. A bunch of vinyl DJs and, and there's a lot of places to play vinyl, which is great. Um, there's a place called LMNO. Um it's like a Steven Starr restaurant, but in the back there's like this little hidden Japanese style listening room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have events on the weekend and it's pretty much all vinyl. Um just DJs playing amazing music. And because it's like the the way the place is set, it's not like, oh, I gotta go and kill the party with all these big tracks. I can play something more, you know, subtile subtle I don't know, more chill and relaxed and, you know, vibey.
2: So yeah, there's 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 a little bit of both going on, I
0: guess. Well, like Camilo, you wanna jump in with some stuff? Oh just really want...
2: as cool as hell. Philly's cool as hell. Um I've been out there in a few years, but it's um it's a place with a lot of culture, yeah, a lot of black culture. Don't yes. they sometimes call Philly Chocolate City? Although I feel like the DC is Chocolate City. Yeah, DC usually gets that more. To me. Yeah, I but hope it, DC Philly's stays th- like that. <laughs> Philly still got it. I mean, you get a lot of gentrification going on, but um, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a majority black city. Um,
2: I but uh, I'm curious where you lived in Jersey. When when you move back,
1: uh, well, I lived in Philly, and then I moved to Willingboro, New Jersey, for a little while, and then moved to Houston. Yeah, moved to Houston for two years, and then came back to Burlington.
2: So same area, pretty much. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's usually how cats do. Yeah, Um, I got a uh, my cousin lives in Voorhees now. Okay, but he was he was in Philly for a while. Yeah,
1: Um, I mean, most of my life I've been Philly, like. I mean after after once I went to college, I was just in Philly nonstop. Yeah.
2: Nice no, a place to be, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. For real. It's a good place to operate out of. <laughs> yeah. Is uh like there any stuff that you're um into now in terms of music that let's say for people wanted to know more about the stuff you you play and the stuff you're into and the stuff that you're you like, like what is like is is there's are there Spotify playlists for that or just like you got any recommendations? Uh
1: I mean my big thing right now is uh Twitch. So I mean since the since lockdown, you know, all of these DJs they gravitated to Twitch to do to DJ live for people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people dropped off once everything, you know, people started going back outside, but there is a great scene on there right now. And, um, I was doing it during lockdown, but, you know, recently I got like a night, a better place to live and I have room and space to, to do it on a regular basis. So I am on there and I've been building my channel and it's, it's been going great. Mm-hmm. And there's just a, it's it's almost like a new social media in a way. It's it's because it's it's community. It's it's really a community. I mean, I don't know how it is for all the gamers and stuff that are normally on Twitch, mm. but mm. for the music scene, it's it's totally a community space. I mean, when I'm playing, I'm talking to everybody in the chat, and you know, we we greet each other as when we're on other people's channels, and it's just and it and it all spills over into real life where I have this community of people. All around the world now, just off of Twitch, and um, and the people that I tend to hang around with on Twitch, they all play fantastic music. Um, a lot of vinyl DJs, just just a lot of people with great tastes. I mean, mm. there's people on there playing jazz, and they've got hundreds of people watching. There's people on there, I don't know, like Jazzy Jeff is on there on a regular mm. basis, you know. It's 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 amazing so that that's definitely my thing right now and that's i'm learning about a lot of music on there and just. Building Community learning about new people because it's actually like a lot of the local DJs from different cities. Mm. they're going there and they're kind of building a larger following outside of their city on there, but then there's also like some big name people too and we're all interacting and it's it's a great space.
2: What's your Twitch um sign uh name? Yeah. Just Lil
1: Lil Dave Two One Five. L I L D A V
2: E two One Five. I've got- I watched Jazzy Jeffs and I watched uh Cosmo Baker does one too. Oh yeah, yeah. Cosmo's always great.
0: Yeah, I was wondering D also do yours on IG because that's that's how I usually find out about um the DJs. I mean that's of course like D night still does stuff and Ninth Wonder. Uh yeah, the, yeah the, the, the i never really IG.
1: got into the ig thing mm-hmm. um i'll just like post when i'm playing but even i'm probably pretty bad about that too <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it's kind of its own world it's like once like you know i feel i have enough people that watch me on a regular basis there they show up when i'm on and then um they do this thing called raids where like oh one dj's on and when they're finished their set they'll take all their people and they'll send them over to the next DJ. Mm-hmm. So it's always like we're sharing communities too. So, you know, there's always new people coming through and, and that's kind of how it builds. Like you you almost got to be in that world, but it's not hard to get in that world. You just got to turn it on. Like I have Twitch on my phone and that's, if I don't have anything else to listen to, I'll put that on and I can just listen to great DJs play good music all day. You know?
0: Yeah, you ever think about doing it in a hot tub? i <laughs> would <That'd> be nice. <laughs> yeah, because that's a, that's that's usually I, every once in a while you'll see like people on Twitch in a in a freaking hot tub. I know. Oh yeah,
1: you see some weird stuff on here. Yeah, you know,
0: sure. I know hot tubs was still were still a thing until people started going in hot tubs on Twitch and stuff. So, what? yeah,
1: I mean, I don't think anybody wants to see me in a hot tub, but you know, hmm? I, I'll I'll definitely. If the opportunity sure. comes,
0: I'll do it. <laughs> hey, I don't, yeah, you never know. You know, there might be some people want to see pictures of your feet. Yeah, you might yeah, want to set up. A, might want to set up an OnlyFans for that. Uh, <laughs> is, it, is there anything else, y'all, you know, want to talk about? Because you know, we try to you know, we we you know have to keep it light. But you know, usually, you know, we spend you know the the remainder seeing if there's anything else that that you guys want you know, guys wanna get into, so
2: uh, I got his Twitch. You save your shows or you just do them live?
1: Uh there's a few saved, but um I try to put stuff on uh, Mixcloud, but yeah, MixCloud's got a limit on stuff now. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I I'm figuring out the next step with that. But the problem with saving it is they they you know when you watch it live it you just hear everything. But they try to cut out certain songs because of um, copyright yeah. stuff. So yeah, the, the, replays usually, the, yeah, the replays usually have like a lot of blank spots in it. So it's not worth putting yeah. them back up.
2: Are, are you having on SoundCloud still?
1: Uh, not really. Nah, I, I need to get back into it. But yeah, I mean, Twitch is probably the main thing. And then, you know, uh, the radio show Eavesdrop is podcasted it's most places we got kicked off of apple for some reason just haven't fixed that but pretty much every place else um maybe maybe not spotify either but pretty much every place else so you you can find us for sure uh podomatic is the main source so Uh,
0: y'all still fuck with podomatic
1: i mean that's that's where we that's our main place where all our stuff
0: comes from so all right well uh if if this if, if this is how it's gonna be um can you, you tell uh people uh where you know where they can hit, hit you up where the stuff uh where you know in terms of your socials and how people can uh contact you or, or listen to you on a regular basis where you know just give us all that information
1: well social is easy it's just little dave 215 pretty much pretty much every place um and then Eavesdrop Radio is every Friday from 6 to 9 on WKDU, 91.7 FM in Philly. And you can listen worldwide at WKDU.org only during the times that we're on, 6 to 9 on Fridays, mm-hmm. East Coast time. Um, but, yeah, like I said before, we ha- we also podcast. So all of the episodes are available. Um, you can actually go to recordbreaking.com. That's Junior's website. And there's an eavesdrop radio button at the top, and, and you can click it, and all the archives are there. And we update it every Monday. So, actually, no, actually, it updates
2: Friday now. So, even better.
1: So, as soon as the show goes off the air,
2: the, up, the episode is up. So, yeah. All right, This episode is really nice. Good work, man. Thanks, you do good work. Thanks,
1: thanks. Thanks. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Got to get this week's episode ready. <laughs> yeah, we're actually not at the radio station. I mean the radio station's open, but we kinda continued with um recording the shows from home. So it's just less traffic and less trouble trying to get there. So I think we're gonna keep it going for a while.
0: All right then. Well uh thank you very much um for taking part in this uh Dave. Just uh, good luck with uh all the stuff you got going and it, yeah, it's like that and <laughs> and that's the way it is Thank so you. well yeah well that's that's been another um uh thrilling installment of uh the continuing adventures of krizzle and camilo a k a whip wop galore uh so yeah, until then, this is uh Craig Lindsay, going, uh, yeah. I, once as always, I I don't know how to wrap up this shit, so let's just, so let's just part ways and just you know, you know, good luck on your endeavors and and have have a lovely one and 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 All right, <laughs> all right. Thanks. See you later, See you. later man.
2: Good you. good Peace.
1: meeting. You. Mm -hmm. Great to meet you. All right, have a good one.